with the fifth edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, welcome back to Creative Play and Podcast 30 Days Dungeons and Dragons Challenge. Hello, it's Kelly here too. So, it is the fourth day, which I, I already have a hint on yours, but, uh, so Kelly, what is your favorite game world for D&D? Well, I, I love our homebrews, but I have a soft spot in my heart for, uh, the Greyhawk. Oh, what, what many consider to be the, the pinnacle of, uh game settings since it was uh, the old Gygax game setting. Yeah, I can with... remember when I was a kid having that pulling out that map and just we would just pour at and stare at and and look at all the different places. It captivated our imagination. So, um yeah, I would have to say, you know, just for nostalgia's sake, um that would be my first choice. Uh, that's a good choice. I mean, Greyhawk has a ton of history, and if, and if you GMs out there are ever looking for any inspiration, you can totally look up on the wikis for for different stuff in Greyhawk that it could import into any fantasy setting, and seamlessly blend in with it. I mean, let's not forget the, what the Council of the Seven, or is it the Council of the Nine? I forget. Um, I can't remember either. One of the big meta plots of, of the great wizards that uh, ruled, you know, most of the land until they were betrayed by one of their own. Dun, dun, dun! Which I do believe you can still get the novels. Most likely. Yeah. Modulars, the, the original modules and stuff are harder to get, but you can sometimes get them. Yeah, I know on Drive Through RPG, I think they've got most of the old modules now, or the D and D's version of the thing. But speaking of Drive Through RPG, you know that they merged with Roll Twenty, so they're now a, a they're now a couple. So that's what, gonna be what, interesting. What? So anything that you own on your Drive Through RPG account will apparently, if it is available on Roll Twenty, be available there as well. That'll be kind of handy because I know I've spent a few dollars on Drive Through RPG, so hopefully the books that are there will be compatible to the the merger. Yay! And speaking of merger, see how I'm like segueing all these things. Mm-hmm. For my favorite setting, I'm gonna actually go with Eberron. Okay. 
Because Eberron was the one to me that kind of broke the fantasy D&D mold. Again, it goes back to I hate guns in fantasy, and they almost gave us guns with wand slingers. But uh, Eberron did a... It was steampunk before there was a thing of steampunk. You know, we had mm. we had the lightning trains. We had... You mean before it was mainstream? Yeah, before it was mainstream. Before it was known as steampunk. How about that? Mm, no, before it was mainstream. <laughs> you know, there's lots and lots of gadgets. You, you have the uh, artificers really... Came, came out and became a class of their own that became really unique that you could totally make mechanical friends. The Warforge, basically mechanical creatures created with the Soul Forge that can't be reproduced. So once the group that made them was destroyed, nobody could reproduce them, but many will try. They tried and failed. They tried and died. I knew you were going to finish it. <laughs> And, of course, another thing I loved in Eberron is the fact that we have good hobgoblins, you know, good militant hobgoblins that created their own society that was not evil in, in its, its heart. It was actually good and neutral. Not yeah, a big thing. Th I mean, come on. One a race being all bad. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, and it brought us the changelings as a playable race. Woohoo! You know, I like that. And, of course, you know, the southern continent was totally full of uh, Australian drow and giants. Giants. And giants. Because, of course, the drow down there use boomerangs and they're, they're living in the jungles. It, it's totally Australia. Just saying. Totally Australia. But, yeah, Eberron is definitely my favorite setting. Core setting... I will totally throw out there Iron Kingdoms is like my next favorite one, and it totally breaks the rules of guns and fantasy, but y you really got to read the Iron Kingdoms books. I mean, I love that RPG as its own RPG. I think it'll do way better as 5th edition, because its rules back when it was their own system was really clunky. Cool, but clunky. So 5th edition will definitely help out the uh, Iron Kingdoms getting a little more popular. <laughs> I mean, well, here's a question because it's it's not one of the items uh, through the month. What's your least favorite? Oh, I know mine is. Mine is freaking Dark Sun. <laughs> uh, you know, pardon my, you know, it's like fuck that noise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> See, everything I, is out to kill you. I mean, I was everything. A, I was a fan of Dark Sun for what Dark Sun was meant to be. You know, it's literally the road warrior of D and D. You know, magic has sucked all the life force from the world. Halflings are now a bunch of evil cannibals living in their little jump, mini jungles. I mean, it's literally right out of the Mummy Two, where they had the little cannibals. The pygmies. Yeah, that's exactly what the halflings do in Dark Sun. And, of course, it's full of the BDSM outfits, right? Every... Why does every post-apocalyptic have to have? <laughs> because there's not enough leather to cover everything anymore. And it's too fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't it chafe? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know, the meta plot for Dark Suns was cool if you played it out. I, I, I like how in... 
fourth edition, they kind of made the plot a little more digestible, so it wasn't like a 30-level campaign that you could actually get to it in the first 10 levels, which is pretty cool. And the fact that you could live on a city on a giant. Don't forget in Dark Sun. Oh, no, I'll forget it. I don't want to play it. (laughs) (laughs) That shit's depressing, man. (laughs) Oh, that it is. It it is a dark, dark setting where literally alignments go out the window when you run out of supplies. There's a game mechanic for becoming a marauder. That tells you something right there about the setting. I prefer more cooperative settings. (laughs) (laughs) You know, okay, being a murder hobo is one thing, but... (laughs) (laughs) Even my pirate character is a private too. You know, <laughs> you know, you know they, they, it's just a little too dark for me. <laughs> so I will totally throw out my least favorite setting. It's totally counterproductive because I do a Wednesday night in almost the exact setting. Is Ravenloft? See, I don't. I like. I mean, I remember playing the original Ravenloft uh, module. Oh, my God, I lost, like, a couple characters. Um, <laughs> See, um, that brings up the point why. As as a yeah. GM, I, I Ravenloft is one of those ones where you're dancing on the edge of the sword because you, you're going from trying to elicit fear response from the players but not murdering them outright. And in Ravenloft, everything is very murder-murdery. Yeah, and, but it's still, it was fun. I remember it being fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just make sure that you go in with characters you don't mind losing. Exactly. You got you to gotta go in realizing that this is a bad 70s horror movie waiting to happen. So no one is safe. Or it's like The Walking Dead. You know, anyone could die as something turns around the no, corner. No, it's, it's more like the, the 70s dracula films and stuff (laughs) just when you thought you were a main character you're just a secondary character (laughs) and of course you know there's that whole big rush like in in our dungeons and dread group where we basically made ravenloft an entire continent it's the world because that's that's the one thing i don't like about basic ravenloft where you're teleported to just this small part of the continent that's trapped in this dimension it's not an entire place you know i'd rather that's not yeah that i mean like old one the original that wasn't like that Mm -hmm. yeah so like in our dungeons and dread the whole dimension is taking a shift towards the shadow fell so like people coming back as undead is a lot more common coming back as vengeful spirits a lot more common (laughs) ask our group Murdering civilians. They come back as revenants to get you. Why? Because that's the, how dark the world is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. It, I, Ravenloft, it's what limits it and what takes the character. Because D&D is hard to do horror. It really is. You know, because it's D&D. We all know how it degrades to shits and giggles games. <laughs> you throw your Dracula out there and all of a sudden it becomes Hotel Transylvania. Blah, blah, blah. I don't say this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the girls on Wednesday night have made many vampire mocking jokes. (laughs) Until they ran into a pack of werewolves, and then shit got real serious. (laughs) 
So that will definitely wrap it up on our favorite and apparently least favorite settings. <laughs> but I will totally throw it out there that there is a Ravenloft supplement book for those who like Ravenloft that actually has other dimensions of dread. So if you want the Egyptian one, the African one, the werewolf with a fiddle one, basically Russian, and a couple other really good settings based on a single dreadlord that runs a, you know, small city-state size area for, for horniness. There's even the Cthulhu and there's even the Puppet Master one. It's a really good supplement, especially if you want to plug and play some material. You can totally steal that and plug that into any place that you use in your home setting. Because that's the best part of home setting is you can just file off the serial numbers and plop it in your setting. So any last words, Kelly, before I take them all? <laughs> no, I'm good. Alrighty, that is day four, our favorite and least favorite game world. Alrighty, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CPPN to never miss a show or stream. 